Hello, hello everyone. Morgan here and thank you so much for listening to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. So today's topic is going to be podcast, uh, some podcasting. I'm in podcasting mode. <laughs> today's topic is going to be homesteading with a family. So um, as some of you may know, we live on 40 acres in the desert. So we have been, this is raw land and we've been developing it for the past year with two toddlers. One is four years old. She's about to turn five in a couple months and one with a two-year-old. She just turned two. And um, so we've been doing all of this with me and my husband. We both work, like we both have things that we need to do, jobs and things like that. We both work remotely, but we still have responsibilities and things that we have to do in addition to caring for our children and, you know, all these projects that we have and all this kind of stuff. And so um, it has been a slower process than we thought it was going to be. And I read this one post on a Facebook group that I was a part of and there was this person that was selling their land. They were selling their 10 acres, I think that they had. And they, it was him and his wife and he had two toddlers around the same age as my kids. And he said, you know, we're trying to build this house. You know, we've been trying to make it work on our raw land for the past year, but we've had, you know, my wife and I, our, our marriage is really strained. It's tough. You know, I can't do anything and we're just going to sell the property. You know, this was my dream, but it's, it's been too tough. And I commented on there and I said, please, please reconsider. You know, we are in the exact same situation. We're trying to build a house. We're trying to do all this stuff, you know, all these projects. And, you know, we still have to care for our kids and it's, it can be stressful at times. I'm not going to lie. You know, sometimes you just want to get a project done, but, you know, you still want to take care of the kids. And, but sometimes, you know, like you want to do something, but, you know, other tasks have to be done. So you have to do that instead of this. And it's, it's a whole process. And sometimes, you know, I just get this feeling. I'm like, okay, I just want to go out and get a bunch of fencing for the goats and the cows. And I want to do this. And I want, I want all this stuff. I want sheep. I want all this stuff right now, you know, and, uh, I have to constantly tell myself, this is unrealistic. I can't have everything right now. Not just, you know, we, first of all, we don't have the money. Right. And second of all, I don't have the time. You know, a lot of this stuff is infrastructure. I have to build this infrastructure, you know, us as a family, not just me, but we have to build this infrastructure from scratch. You know, we don't have any of this. And, you know, you start thinking back to all these, all these people who did this, you know, before us, you know, with kids and all this. And one of the things that's really brought to mind is the community. When we built our greenhouse, it was kind of a big project. And so my husband and I enlisted our friends to come and help us. We fed them and, and, you know, we, we had fun, you know, we hung out, we did all this stuff and it took about a day for them to complete this greenhouse. And it would have taken much longer if we did not have help. And it was really nice, you know, me and, um, uh, our friend's wife, um, my friend, <laughs> our friends, but, uh, it was, it was her husband and my husband that were building the greenhouse. And then it was me and, um, uh, our friend's wife and their kid, kid, and then our kids, and we were all playing and hanging out while, 
um, our husbands built the greenhouse. And so that was really fun. And so we enlisted the help from the community. I think that's one of the biggest things that I can bring to the table for you guys if you're listening to this. Try to enlist as much help as you possibly can. All we have, we know a lot of our neighbors and they're all eager and willing to help us. And in most cases, you know, they're, we can pay them for their time or their equipment or whatever. And that's okay too. You know, like one of our neighbors said that he'd give us a deal for using his tractor to do some digging for our future home. And he was like, you know, for normally I charge a hundred dollars an hour for tractor use, but I'll charge you guys $50 an hour. Cause you're my neighbors. I like you, you know, and that was great. That's fantastic. You know, that's, that made us extremely happy because yeah, like a hundred dollars an hour, it adds up, you know, we don't even need that much digging, but it'll add up. And so, you know, that's like one of the cheapest deals we've ever heard. $50 an hour for tractor use. That's crazy. So that was really nice. You know, get to know your neighbors, get to know the community and reach out for help. There is nothing wrong with reaching out for help. And, you know, especially if it's just you and your kids, like if you're just a single parent wanting to do this with your kids, it's absolutely possible. But we have to have some realistic expectations. Number one, reach out to the community and reach out for help. Okay. That's very important. I think that's my top tip right there. Um, number two, uh, take it slow, really take it slow. Okay. You have to get into the mindset that this is going to be a slow and steady progress. It is not going to happen fast. Not unless you want to like go buy the pre-made stuff like pre-made sheds and pre-made homes and things like that. Unless you actually want to do that to get your structures up and going, that's fine. There's probably also, um, you know, companies around you that will just come out and build it. And you can just pay them to do it. That's fine. You know, if you have those means, do it. But if you want to do everything yourself uh, with your kids, you know, you have young kids that are not able to help too much, then get into the mindset that this is going to be a slow and steady progress. And that's okay. It's okay. There's no rush. As long as you have some sort of temporary shelter over your head, like we live in an RV right now. So we have that temporary shelter. We're not rushed to build something. We had some friends and I don't know if he listens to this, but they were living in a tent for a while. So they did kind of feel a little rushed to get things done, you know, but it was, it was hard because they were still trying to make a living and they were, you know, doing all this stuff, you know, while they were raising their kids and, and it was tough at times, you know, and you could definitely see it in them, but you know, they, they, they were making it work, you know, they weren't going to give up because that was their dream. And I think some people really need to have that dream. You know, they need to have that dream and they need to hold on to it because without it, they'll give up. And, and this life is hard, you know, building um, from scratch on raw land with literally nothing on it. I mean, we don't even have a well with literally nothing on it. It's tough. Even if you're building your homestead with buildings already on it, it can still be tough because sometimes there's not stuff there or maybe you're having to like completely redo the buildings because they're old or whatever the case may be, like, it's still going to be tough, you know, and you still have to prioritize. Prioritizing is huge. So, um, you know, that's another thing with that slow and steady, you have to prioritize. Okay. What do I want first for us? It was a priority to get chickens. 
get those chickens. You know, they take about six, six to nine months to start laying. Okay, great. Now they're laying. They're great. Chickens are so freaking easy. I always suggest chickens as like one of your first homesteading animals because they take very little effort and time. Okay. <laughs> you feed them, you water them. They're good. You know, um, you, you know, take care of them, obviously make sure they're, that they're well taken care of. Um, but other than that, you know, they're so easy. And so outside of that, you know, um, I wanted a garden. So I prioritized the garden. I got the greenhouse. I got the garden up. Those were priorities to me. A shed. We got a shed. That was a priority because we needed additional workspace. We needed some additional storage space. Those were all priorities. And then we move on from there. You know, what's a, what's our next priority? Is our next priority more animals or is it going to be our house? So we decided it was going to be our house and then we would get animals. You know, you have to prioritize and you have to understand that these things will happen in time. You know, when you're, when these things fall into place, they fall into place and that's, that's it. You know what I mean? And so, especially with kids, you know, these things will take longer to do. They just will. But if your kids, you know, the main thing with kids is one, you want to give them activities to do, but also at the same time, kids are really resilient in the fact that they can find stuff to do. You know, like uh, my two-year-old is just now starting to learn to play with her older sister. And it's been wonderful because they're able to play with each other, to go out to the playground and play. You know, I can water the garden while they play. Or at, at one time, um, I brought my two-year-old into the garden with me and we watered the garden together. It was wonderful, you know. kids want to be involved. They really want to be involved. Even if you just give them like a little tiny task, like here, hold these nails here, hold these screws here, hold this screwdriver. They want to be involved. You know, if you can involve them in the project, even in just the littlest ways, make them feel like they are involved. You know, sometimes I let them like pretend hammer on stuff. Like you guys may think that like I'm a terrible mother or parent or whatever for allowing them to touch a hammer or a screwdriver or whatever, but kids aren't stupid. All right. Kids are very, very smart. And it's also the responsibility of the parent to teach them responsible handling of things. Like I have taught my child at age three, how to handle a firearm. And many people would gasp and shock in this, but it's the truth. And she knows how, and she's responsible with it. And she, and she's not like scared of it. And she's not eager. You know, she does, she knows it's not a toy. It's up to the parents to teach our children. And yes, it will take a little bit of extra time and a little bit of extra patience. But I think that that's one of the most rewarding parts of doing all this is teaching them, like teaching them to water the garden, teaching them, you know, about all the stuff that we're growing, teaching them about building a house, teaching them how to build things, teaching them to make these fires and cook over a fire. I mean, all these things, it's part of the process. And I take that extra time and effort to allow them to do certain things, especially it's better to do the, these things under our supervision than it is to just like have them stumble upon it one day and just, and hurt themselves. You know what I mean? I'd rather them be under my supervision of building a fire than having them play with matches one day and discover, you know, and set the house on fire or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you want to take that stigma away and you want to, again, involve them. 
you know, teach them how to do these things. They want to cut up some strawberries with a sharp knife. A lot of parents would shy away from that. No, 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 no. It's too sharp. It's too dangerous. Teach them. Hold, literally hold their hand as you help them cut and let them understand that, yes, this is a sharp knife and we need to be careful. And here's how we do it safely and, you know, supervise them. I think many parents just kind of want the kids just go off and do whatever without supervising them. And sometimes that's okay. You know, sometimes it's like, okay, go play in the playground for a while. They're fine. You know, if you know that they're capable of climbing, you know, up and down and doing all these things, then fine. You know, they probably need little supervision, but even that I'm still around them. You know, I'm around in some way or another. I'm in the garden or I'm on the porch or whatever, you know, like supervising, but maybe doing other things, you know, but still supervising. And we also talk to them. You know, we just talk to them. We tell them what's going on. And I think that's really important too. Kids need to be involved in the process. You know, whether it's just hanging out, you know, I don't ever, ever, ever pressure my kids to do anything. If they want to come help me in the garden, great. But I don't ever say, come help me in the garden right now. You got to pull weeds. No, like I just bring them into the garden and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this weed. And I pull it. And my oldest, she's like, oh, we got to pull the weeds. And she loves pulling the weeds. And I show her like which ones are weeds. And she pulls them and she still loves it. She doesn't stay in there for very long, a few minutes, but she feels fulfilled right? She's helped me pull a little bit of weeds. I've encouraged her. It's been fun. And she's gone. That's it. You know, like that's enough for her. And that's okay. You know, you don't need your kids to be attached to you while you do all these tasks. Sometimes they just want to go off and play by themselves for a minute, come back. Great. Do not put that undue pressure on them because then they won't want to do it. If you force them to help you do something, it's just not going to happen. You know, they're going to be resentful. They're just not going to do it. Sometimes, sometimes, like my kids will be in a mood or something and I'll just be like, you know what, let's go outside. Sometimes they don't want to. And I'm just like, you know what, let's just, you know, I have to talk to them. Let's just go outside, take a breath. You know, sometimes they're a little upset still. I'm not forcing them necessarily, but I am definitely taking them outside and like, I'll just start doing something. I'll start playing or I'll start doing this or that. The other day I said, let's go out and I'll spray you with the hose. And they love that. You know, it's just little things. Um, sometimes they just need to be fulfilled, you know, to play with you or do something for a little bit. And then they'll just, they'll go off and do what they want for a little bit. And then, you know, it's kind of back and forth. Sometimes if you have really young kids, you've got to put them in a back carrier or a front carrier or something, some type of carrier. And if you really want to keep them like safe and secure, you could put them, you know, in some sort of um, like little area. You could fence off a little area that could be like their play area or something like that. You could do that. There's nothing wrong with any of these ideas. You know, it's whatever's going to work for you and um, whatever you're going to feel comfortable with and then whatever they're going to feel comfortable with. You know, do they have enough to stimulate them? You know, um, could you put on like a educational podcast for them? You know, like what could you do to help them? Um, could you give them some paints and some other crafts to play around with while you do something, you know, um, there's, there's lots of, of options. And again, you know, you could also involve them in many ways and encourage them to be involved, but don't force them. So I think that that's my biggest things, you know, it's slow and steady. And I think your mindset is going to dictate 
how things go, whether you can actually do this or not. If your dream is to have a homestead, do not let anything get in your way. Make it happen. In the meantime, homestead exactly where you are, you know, if you're in a suburb or apartment or whatever, and I say homestead, you know, but make it work wherever you are. Can stuff, grow stuff in containers, do whatever you have to do to make your situation work out right now. But if your dream is to have that homestead, you know, especially with your kids and stuff like that, but you're worried you now, oh, I don't know, you know, the kids are, you know, not old enough or whatever. The kids are old enough. <laughs> okay. And no matter what you decide to do, they'll be able to handle it. You know, our kids have been able to handle so much more than I thought they would. And they are thriving. You know, if you want a full-time RV with your kids, do it. There are so many families out there. Talk to people who are already doing it and get their advice. And you'll realize that parenting on the road or parenting on a homestead or whatever, parenting an RV is no different than parenting any other way. The only difference between parenting, you know, like in a suburb or an apartment or whatever, is that you're also at the same time parenting while also building your life, you know, but you're teaching them so much. You're teaching them up to garden. You're teaching them about husbandry, animal husbandry. You're teaching them about, you know, building and creating and, you know, my kid, whenever, whenever my oldest hears about us building our house, she gets so excited. She's like, I thought we were going to build our house in the desert. And, you know, like she, she knows we live in the desert. She knows we're going to build a house and she's very excited. She's excited. And, you know, she understands this concept. And so, you know, I think it's, it's just so important to have our kids involved, you know, um, and just talk to them. You know, if they get anxious or nervous about it, just talk to them. You know, just be like, you know what? It's okay. You know, if they're like scared of the goats or something, you know, whatever. Just be like, it's okay. You don't have to be around the goats. I'll take care of it. And, you know, if you want to go hang out with the chickens or whatever, go. You know, go do that if that makes you feel more comfortable. Eventually, you know, they'll they'll feel comfortable you know, doing some things that they may not have a week ago, you know, I mean, they changed so quickly, you know? So we, I, I, you know, our kids are involved in everything we do. And I think that that's really important. So I think that that's the biggest thing about homesteading with a family is kind of look at how people did it in the past, you know, like we can really look to our past and, and I, I'm just always in awe when I think about, all the responsibilities sometimes that, that, you know, wives and husbands had, you know, husbands would be working and the wives would be literally taking care of the entire homestead while also taking care of the kids and the household. I mean, amazing. They're just amazing women and, you know, but, and the amazing men too, the men are amazing too, to go out and provide. And they also worked on the farm and they did all these things, you know, like, the families, like back before modern society, whatever, I mean, just amazing. And they used the community as well. They would um, regularly, you know, go to the community for help or to trade or to do, you know, whatever, you know, help with the kids or help with the farm or, um, you know, help building things, whatever it is. 
community was very, very strong back then. And I think we've definitely lost that. In rural areas, communities are definitely stronger. Um, I, from my personal experience, that's, that's what I've noticed. Um, you know, a lot of people always tell me, you know, oh, I always try to get to know my apartment neighbors, but nobody ever wants to get to know me. You know, and that's a little different too. Like, I think that that's definitely changed over the years too. Even in like the, the early, you know, apartment years, you know, whatever it is, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, um, you know, uh, apartment, you know, people used to be a community as well, but I think a lot of things have changed these years and, um, you know, it has nothing to do with this pandemic or COVID, nothing to do with that. It just has to do with trust and, and there's like no trust in our neighbors or our society anymore. And it's, it's tough, you know, and I don't blame people for wanting to buy rural land and get as far away from the cities as possible. But I also want you to do a little bit of research and understand what it's actually going to take to have a homestead. You know, what kind of homestead do you want? Do you want an off-grid homestead? Do you want to be on the grid? Do you want the off-grid to be as a backup? You know, do you want all the animals or do you just want a garden and some chickens? Like, what do you want? You know, do you want a hundred acres or maybe just a couple acres? You know, figure out what you want first. And maybe you want to live rural, but you need to have a house on it. You know, you don't really have the effort or time or ability to build a house, but maybe, you know, you can build other structures like a shed or a chicken coop or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can do other things, but you just don't want to build that house, you know, have your boundaries and limitations and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to buy a rural property that already has a house on it. Do it. I mean, more power to you. If you can find something within your price range, that's going to work for you. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's one less thing for you to worry about, right? <laughs> and then, then everybody has a nice home to be in, you know. But, you know, it's, again, it's all your threshold. You know, what are you willing to start with? What are you willing to do? All these things. But take it from me, somebody who has done literally everything with her children since they were two months old. My oldest, I took her camping at two months old. And after that, we were hiking, camping, being outdoors all the time. We were going on road trips, off-roading, long road trips by the time she was one. Um, you know, we were doing all these things with both children. In fact, my second child, at two months old, we went on a 30-day road trip. And people will tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, just stay put. You know, you don't have to travel. Don't do that. You can't do that with kids. Yes, you can. You can, you can travel with kids and it's no different than just parenting at home. You still have to feed them. You still have to clothe them. You still have to love them. You still have to entertain them. You still have to do all these things. Okay. So get into that mindset that it's really no different. Like it's not wildly different, you know, homesteading with kids than it is, you know, you know, homesteading with kids or RVing with kids. It's not, yeah, it's just not that, uh, it's not that different. So, so, you know, with everything, I love this life. I love it. You know, even with our slow and steady pace, I wouldn't change anything. In fact, I, I have more ambitions, you know, and, than ever. And, you know, I think one of the reasons is because, you know, I'm being a good role model, you know, but this is all stuff that I'm passionate about. And I, 
my kids don't have to be passionate about it, but I at least want to be the type of person that accomplishes things and follows through with their dreams. You know, I don't want to be the type of person that just puts all my life and dreams and everything on hold just because I have kids. My kids can be involved in all these things and all of my passions and, and this homesteading life and everything. And again, my kids don't have to be passionate about it, but they can definitely learn the value of hard work and they can learn these skills and they can learn these things. And if they want to grow up to be a ballerina in New York City, whatever, right? Like I want them to follow their dreams too. And that's the whole point. I want them to realize that they can follow their dreams and that they can, with a little bit of hard work, anything can happen, whatever that hard work leads them to. And I think that's what really, you know, homesteading really kind of boils down to, you know, and I'm super grateful that I'm able to have this with my family. And I think that when, if people work hard at their dreams, that they can make it happen. So anyway, that's my thoughts on that. And I hope that if you're thinking about homesteading with a family that you re do a little bit of research, get into that proper mindset and understand your the realistic expectations and realities that come along with it and understand if that's going to be right for you. You know, it's not right for everyone and that's okay too. So thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Conquer tomorrow by preparing today. Remember, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me at roguepreparedness.com and be, search, be sure excuse me, to sign up for my newsletter and find me on YouTube and Instagram by simply searching for Rogue Preparedness. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.